Hello and welcome everyone to the Breaktime Podcast. Here we just kind of chill and talk about whatever interests us. We'll start somewhere and see where it takes us, but uh, I have a topic maybe today, so uh, we'll get to that, probably. I'm Ryan, I'm hosting again, because I uh, hijacked the podcast from uh, these two lovely fellows, who I am joined by. Uh, they're my good friends, my friends, Hell yeah. my very good friends, uh, Jake and Eric. Hi. Hi, hi, it's a... Hi. Hey, what's up? Hey. You maybe have a topic. You hijacked the episode for this I topic. did. I did have a topic. I, this is premeditated. This is first degree topic having. That's brilliant. That's even yeah. better than my topic I just thought of right now, where I noticed in my bowl of M&Ms next to me, I have seven orange ones. That's a lot of orange. I always thought that orange ones are no... I don't never... Are really orange really M&Ms the rarest M&M? For some reason, it's either the orange ones or the brown ones that are the rarest for some reason. Like, That's my opinion. You know, I actually like, do, out of all the colors, I have the least brown ones. Oh, wait, no, they're tied with sense. red, actually. Huh. Overwhelmingly, there's the most yellow. Because, well, like, my, my thinking is that because people want the crazy fun colors, yeah. that they purposefully put less brown M&Ms in there. Does, so does it that... affect the count that they're peanut M&Ms? You think there's think more so. yellow peanut M&Ms because that's like the mascot, right? Yeah, the mascot yellow M&M is a peanut M&M. But isn't the blue one also a peanut M&M? There's a blue M&M. Yeah, I do. I only know the red, yellow, and green one. They're, they're, they have one for every single color now. Wow, that's a lot of M&M mascots. Yeah, hold on. Are they all Let's just see. like circles? They are, and actually, now that I think about it, there was a recent, uh... I guess a recent redesign for some of the M&Ms to make them less... Oh, shoot, when M&M Strive came out, did they redesign the characters? They redesigned the green and brown M&Ms since they're supposed to be, like, female. And their designs kind of were very... The green M&M was just, like, a green M&M with giant lips and long legs. Was that pretty not okay in 2022? Is that what they decided? Well, no, let's see. Uh, in the previous design, the currently, the one, the green M&M, she is wearing what seems to be just, like, Converse, and her legs are just kind of typical M&M legs. Before, she was wearing, like, knee-high boots with, like, kind of high heels. I want to say, like, two inches at the very least. Are these the redesigns? Yeah, she was wearing, like, interesting. About, like, posted something for it. Yeah, however, the brown M&M has not been touched at all, it seems. She's still, like, wearing... I don't know what kind of shoes you would call those. Actually, high heels? I mean they're they're more flat. They're heels. not high heels. They're they're def- they're heeled shoes, but they're not mm. high heels. I I I feel I am fail I am a failure of a character designer. I can't even name this shoe type. What if I want to put a character? <laughs> Why in is these the kind orange of him just having a panic attack at all times? Because that's is, is his that personality. His yeah, that's his personality. He's just always on edge. He's always nervous. I swear, I, f- I feel like I've seen the red, yellow, green, and brown one, but I really feel like I'd never seen the orange and blue one until this picture you just posted. The They've really one? just been around? The orange one, I think, is relatively new. Because I think they use the orange one whenever they want to introduce like a new flavor of M&M, and so what it, essentially it's like him on an operating table and him just being terrified because they're going to put some new substance inside him. That's horrible. Yeah, he was the one. He was. I remember the commercials featuring the orange M and M being the ones with like the caramel M and Ms and the pretzel M and Ms, and they're just shoving caramel and pretzels inside <laughs> him, and he's just terrified for his life. Wacky man. Yeah, M and Ms are great. M and M commercials are wonderful. They're they're so they're so so funny. I don't think I've actually seen a regular M M&M and M commercial. The only ones I've ever seen are in movie theaters at AMC, where it's always a commercial. I think it's either, I think it was red and green. They're like tied to a post. It looks like something out of Star Wars or something, and they're going to be shoved down a pit. But then someone, a phone rings in the audience, and it interrupts the entire scene. So it was yeah. just a whole commercial of telling you, "Hey, turn your phones off." It wasn't even about. Uh, it wasn't even about. I think. No, I think that's a that that has to be like a double, uh, like a two birds with one stone kind of commercial because they're like, "Hey, turn off your phone," but also you want some M and M's while you're turning uh, off your phones. Huh? 
You want some M&Ms? Like, I'm like, hey. And then they're like, I don't know. What, I'm, I'm currently gesturing to show you the, the magnificence that is my body. I'm going like, uh, hey, uh, except, uh, you know, it's like, hey, eat me. I'm an M&M instead of, hey, yeah, look, see, I'm, pretty cool. I'm pretty cool looking, aren't I? Yeah, hey, I'm so yeah. on the counter. Quick, buy some before the show starts. Yeah, I miffed at like the image of someone walking into a movie theater, sitting down, going, "I'm comfortable. I didn't get any snacks," and then seeing like a commercial, like, "Oh my god, I want coconut M&Ms." Runs back out of the theater, back into the line for the snacks. I'll all throughout college, actually. I don't think I went to the concessions once. Whenever I went to a movie theater, I think we just sat down and like, "All right, it's movie time." Don't need no snacks. Don't oh, yeah, I mean, when I was in college, I never got any snacks because it's like you could just have the cost of your movie ticket by not getting snacks. Oh, wait, no, there was that one time where we went to go see the first Sonic the Hedgehog movie with everyone on the team before the... Oh, yeah, I don't think I got anything. <laughs> I, d- I don't think I got we did any not. either. But redacted. we did sneak cookies into our, our good friend. God damn it, I said, no, I said their name. No. Uh, uh, I, I cut, cut, <laughs> cut all of this out. I'm gonna have to sort of censor all of this. Shoot. Um, I said, I said their name on on podcast internet show. Um, yeah. Well, one of our friends uh baked cookies for everyone and uh and gave them to it and gave. Oh them yeah, to that was pretty sick. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, actually, you couldn't have one though. No, it's still I don't cool. Think they're... It was. I appreciate the owner the the gesture. The pride of ownership yeah. of now I had a cookie. Indeed. And then I think someone else had to eat it. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Else, someone else graciously ate it in your mm. stead. Yeah. I lived vicariously through them. Yes, you did. I... I'm pretty sure you held hands with whoever was eating it, too. Yeah, we were like brothers, but closer. Yeah. I have a confession to make. Whenever... Uh-huh. A concession uh. to make? Confession. Confession. Not a concession. A concession confession? Yeah. Yes. Kind of. Okay. Whenever I would go to the movies with my parents, we would bring, we would always bring our own food to the movies. We would always have like a... Like my mom has a purse, right? It's normal for... Typically normal for females to have a purse. We would stuff this You could just say woman, man. What's with this freaking (laughs) feet? What is with this, like, like, goblin-esque females? It's so normal for females to bring purses. Oh, those dang females. Why why are you making this to be such a big deal when it shouldn't be? (laughs) Because, like, it's so weird to use the word female. Alright, my mom <laughs> brings a purse you could to her. Just, it's it's, <laughs> it's normal for women to bring purses. It's, it's normal for to bring female. It's normal for females to bring purses. Alright, well, we'll pass, we'll pass on this. But my mom, my mom, <laughs> who is a woman. A female? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we, we, she brings her purse and we stuff the purse Full of snacks that you would typically find in front of a movie theater. We usually, before we go, before we plan to go to the movies, we like to heat a bag of popcorn and just stuff it in the purse. And we would steal all of the butter that they have at the movie theaters for our own popcorn. We would bring our own (laughs) snacks. Would be our own drinks because. All <laughs> have you seen the prices out of the movie theater? Oh, it's like five dollars for a it, small popcorn or some shit. Yeah, they, it is expensive. The weird thing too is it's like you know five dollars for a small, five dollars and ten cents for a medium, five dollars and twenty cents for a large, like doubling every single size you go up. So you feel like a buffoon if you order anything but a large, even though it's only like one percent more expensive to get like five times as much. No, I, I get it. I get bringing your own food, but if you're going to do it, you need to be discreet about it. Otherwise, it's going to look weird when, you know, you're squirting butter into your mom's purse. No, what we do is we get one of those, like, little little cups that like you would put sauce in. Oh, you add your oh. own cup? Yeah. No, they usually, uh, ha- they usually have their own. Like a water the cup. They had not a Is mom. it like a water cup? Like a tiny condiment cup. The, ah, okay. the, the movies would usually have this, and you could just always just ask for it. They they just give it to you. They don't really care. At least the staff oh, yeah. doesn't care. Oh yeah, you you don't need to feel guilty about this at all. You're the hero of this story. It those uh 
Those concessions are, uh, are, uh, they're a ripoff, man. They indeed are. Anyway, so was the topic we, we were talking about. Yeah, that was about. pretty cool. We, I, I, my improv topic was better than I thought it was. So what's the actual planned topic? Oh, yeah. Um, well, if you want to continue something that we kind of did last week, we want to talk about fighting games again. Oh, uh, are we associated with those? I've forgotten. I, yeah, we are. You know, I, you know, it's, it's just not like we're making one or anything. But in in that kind of like vein is uh, I planned this. I wanted this to be the topic for this week because today is June eleventh, two thousand and twenty-two. It has officially been one entire year since Guilty Gear Strive came out, and ah. I was wondering if y'all wanted to talk about Guilty Gear Strive. Because things have changed, and I know that we all have opinions on this game, because we talk about it at length. We talk about a lot of stuff at length, and this is one of those things. And I was wondering if y'all wanted to talk about it on podcast. Counter! Counter. That's, that's yeah. like, honestly, the sound design of Strive is so good. It is great. And the music is so good. And it looks it super so sick. Good. Yeah. But then it's like, damn, the game's alright. Yes. Yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, it's like, ah. Uh, I think the worst part, the most painful thing about Strive to me is that everything was going for it up until like a couple months after release. The biggest thing for me was I really wanted to like the game a lot, but it became very middling to the point of ennui as we continued to play it. <laughs> And that's such, it just kind of, it boil it kind of it died out for me really quickly. That, that grace period, that honeymoon phase with a new fighting game where you're just trying to figure stuff out. Yeah, and, it was, I don't know, man, when, when none of us knew what we were doing, it was intensely exciting and very fun. However, then some of us started knowing more and more what we were doing and it's just like, Man, is this it? <laughs> it? Yeah, that's what it felt like. Because like, at some point, things kind of... There's not a lot to sort of discover with the way that the game kind of yeah, is. I remember fucking Eric was coming back every day with a See, new hey, character. Hey, Eric, comes, I learned a new character. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, like, now what? we're Potemkin main, guys. <laughs> All right, God but, damn but, it. but this week I played Melia. But today I played Melia, you know? Yeah, he's like, I'm playing Milia, and then I remember... Actually, you stuck with Milia the longest, I think. He did. I remember distinctly, I'm never going to play May. I refuse to play May. And then, like, a couple weeks later, <laughs> okay, so I so picked I'm, up I'm May, May, and I'm, I'm like, what happened? It's just all... <laughs> I thought you said you would never play May. It's all the mechanics are the same. Like, bottom yeah. line, every character functions the same. Exactly. It makes and it that's too like... easy to pick... Every character up, basically. And that's what I think makes it pretty boring. It, like, it was great when we were playing it, but the moment that we kind of hit a plateau where nothing new was happening, we're kind of just doing the same things and going through the motions and nothing crazy new was happening, no crazy situations where this thing meets that thing, were happening as much as when we play, like, Exard or Plus R or something like that, because everything is very streamlined and kind of boiled down are very linear as well yeah because i remember man the entire lifespan of me playing exard i was saying i'm in the process of picking up this new character and i never yeah. succeeded <laughs> that's the thing is that like it's so much fun to go down like a road of like i'm going to go down a journey of learning and edge and i'm going to go down a journey of learning with this character this character is so different from every other character that I've played that I have to kind of relearn <laughs> how to play the game in order yeah. to play this character. I, I, I actually remember I spent like at least a month straight learning Venom, and at the end, I did not know how to play Venom. It was a <laughs> great time. I mean, that part is kind of fun when you just like come in and you, you, know, you want to learn a new character, so you just like pick up things. You're like, this is cool. As opposed to every week, oh god, I'm thinking of it like a monster of the week show where Eric comes back with a <laughs> new character. Uh, yes, how you guys find this one? They almost do the same thing, but it was actually kind of too. hilarious. Uh, I, I mean, speaking from my point of view, it's like I felt like I was about fifty-fifty when playing against you, Ryan. Uh, mm -hmm. 
But man, when I was playing against Eric, I was like one for ten and be with a different character every day. And I'm like, holy shit, he's better at all the characters than me. <laughs> it was a great time, though. I got to see all the characters in Strive without needing to play too much online, yeah, no, so that you was mean fun. You got to see all one character there is yeah. in Strive? <laughs> I'm sure, like, with the release of DLC, I'm pretty sure the DLC characters got a lot more pizzazz and stuff into yeah. them. Were there any, like, you big know? system changes? And, and they, they announced a Season 2 thing, right? Uh, yeah, they did. Were there big uh, system changes, or is it just, like, balance stuff? Uh, it's system changes and character changes, and I will get into it, and I will, it, it, and, like, by going into something that I, like, this thing that I'm quite passionate about in, like, Strive, uh, just Anji in general, I will be able to make an argument as to why I don't like Strive, and Anji has kind of just made that, Anji is kind of the reason why, or he's going to be my argument as to why Strive is just not a game for me. If people like Strive, people who like Strive, you're, more power to you. If you like Strive, good for you. I do not play Guilty Gear games for the kind of game that Strive is, so if I'm going to play any Guilty Gear game, I'm going to play a different Guilty Gear game. But, um, okay, among, like, the system changes, I know that they created a faultless defense macro button to reduce the amount of, like, chance that you, you know, Like, couldn't you just, like, hotkey any two buttons? You could, I think. Isn't that, like, already the faultless defense macro? I think it's just... Or does it work like, even if you're, like, holding forward? I th Yeah, I think it's, like, even if you're holding forward or anything like that. It's literally, like, instead of it being any of the attack buttons, you it's uh, literally just, this is the faultless defense button. That's kind of weird. I'm hoping you still have to hold back in their direction. Probably. That's probably how it would work. But I don't think if, like, you press it while you're just standing there, I don't think it does anything. I think you have to be, like, holding a backwards direction in order to if you could do it have a button do forward, anything. That's some funky option selects right there. I don't. I I hope they plan for that, but yeah, there's that. Um, I think Roman cancels now. Instead of like just dumping all of like the fifty percent you need to spend for the Roman cancel, um, now like over the course of like the the uh, what's it called the 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 slowdown the freeze when you use a Roman cancel, if you cancel out of that animation, you actually get to keep whatever tension didn't drain during the course of that animation because now there's like a grad and it's there's a uh, so you lose like decrease. one to two bars basically yeah if you cancel the roman cancel if you cancel the roman cancel you get to keep like 10 percent or 20 percent of your meter as opposed to losing all 50 interesting um because i think that what they want to do is they want to incentivize using the roman cancel cancel yeah and so they're making it like hey look if you use it you get to save meter and you're like, who cares? Well, my idea is like, who cares? Because you're just gonna get that meter back anyway. <laughs> that's that's how that's how I think Strive works. So it doesn't really make it. Don't you get I, like ten percent meter every hit or some shit? Something like that. The thing is, is that like they're trying to incent. I the flaw I see with that, if they don't like really touch anything else, I'm sure that there are like other things that sort of like cascade into like large scale change. But looking at that change in a vacuum. I don't see that being a very good incentive, considering that other things in the game think that t having more tension is the good incentive for doing the thing. Um, in addition to, like, you know, Roman cancel canceling, or wall breaking to get your positive bonus to get more tension, the thing is, is that the game, already by itself, if you use these things in tandem, you just, it's just kind of like, okay, so you just never run out of meter. And the thing that I really like about Guilty Gear is that there's an there's like a an aspect of managing your meter well to succeed. And when the game is literally just throwing heaps and heaps of meter at yeah. you, it's kind of just like a brain dead no question. Yeah, I'm going to use my meter. I have it. <laughs> I yeah, can't I mean, gain it's wild more meter it's just if like I you're a guy with a reversal super. Just hitting your reversal super raw does like a third of their health. It's like, yeah, why wouldn't I just fucking click yeah. it then? A third of your meter. And if they're against a wall, you'll get all and then that you back on the next no, screen. You get more than it. Yeah. So there's... It's 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 not the greatest way. I don't really agree with that being the incentive for using the Roman cancel cancel, considering that, you know, tension is kind of like a... a it's not really a problem. In strive, characters gain tension so quickly that you might as well just use it the moment you have it. Is is kind of like my stance on it. 
Yeah, I don't um, know. I mostly just want, like, combos to be interesting without Roman cancels. Like, it's like if you use a Roman cancel, the combos become as interesting as, like, any other Guilty Gear game is, like, normally. Yeah. Because, well, that's because, like, the way that things change... Because there's, like, no air teching, and the only, like, combo escape, quote-unquote, is just, like, they're too far, or a wall happened. Yeah. It, it There's a lot of things that kind of just... I that's what I don't that's what I don't agree with when people were saying like oh man it's the most robust Roman cancel system ever it's so freeing and the thing is is that it's only freeing because you literally can do it it's like in, in normal Guilty Gear games you use a Roman cancel things get crazy but in this game it's like things are typically not that crazy but then when you use a Roman cancel you're playing what is Guilty Gear normally except now <laughs> this is. Now now you get to play Guilty Gear, as opposed to, you weren't playing Guilty Gear before until you used the Roman cancel. And that it's it's just like like I get it, they're trying to make things easier. The thing is is that it's just not that interesting, in my opinion. I don't and know, I don't even I don't feel like it made it that much easier, you know? It's like yeah. it's it, like, it was I don't know, man. It just felt like you, you played a character, you googled, you know, what's my dust combo, what's my grab combo, what's my wall break combo, and what's my highest damage combo, and then you run up and close slash them and do one of those things, and you've mastered the character. Yeah, and that's essentially it. Close slash is the, where the game starts, and it's like, okay... Yeah, the hooray, the game is starting. Is kind Unless of you're Axel, then you try to do everything you can to avoid close slashing. Yeah, but once you close, close slash, slash, then it's fine. If what Axel doesn't offset the fact that the game wants you to close slash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> in, in the case of Axel, if you're... Well, actually, I've never seen like an Axel versus Axel match, because I'd be interested it's to misery. see how that works. It probably isn't all that interesting. It's probably like playing Guilty Gear Strive, except it's just Axel. That's probably and, exactly like that. Yeah. And so, but yeah, everything like leading to close slash and things like that, it's 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 just kind of meh, because like, characters don't really have a whole lot in the way of like long-range options. And, I don't know. It, everything kind of just turns into a strike-throw, close-up, in-fight, brawl kind of thing. And it's just, every single match kind of just sort of gravitates towards that. It's just not interesting to me. Yeah, I don't know, it's like, because in uh, Exart I played a lot of Soul, and going into Strive Soul, I agree that he's probably a relatively better character, at least when I mostly played it, which was, you know, near sure the beginning. I'm he's still like top five or something. But, it, but it's like, in Exart I really just liked the scrappiness that Soul had, and in like this new one it really feels like Soul is like, here's my two neutral buttons, you know? Or it's like, you don't yeah. get... It's like, I felt like Soul was in, in old Exard. It was like, you could do something really zany and catch him off guard, you know? And that was, like, the fun part. And that was that was the thing that was you kind of what I think was unique to Soul. Was that he was, his thing was strike throw. But now everyone is strike throw, so it's not as interesting as nah. everyone else. And that's, like, another thing that I have a problem with. And Anji is the epitome of this problem. Because for some reason they keep trying to... I don't know what the heck they're doing with Anji. Anji was... Anji's just slowly turning into Chip. That's not even it. It's worse than that. Because, well, okay, if in the case of Anji, and I am I am a hard, die-hard Anji fan. I love Anji. Anji. Anji and Strive, for some reason... Okay, sorry. Before the Season 2 patch, Anji was like bottom two... I don't know who would have been worse than Anji. But I mean, it was between Anji and Faust, right? I don't know who the other person is. I just know that Anji was definitely, like, bottom two. But in this, for some reason, in season two, they're just really adamant about making Anji the worst character in Strive. Oh, no. And it, it just enrages me so much because they Did think they just, that like, they can make him do... worse? 
I, I will get into it. They think that they can, like, do these things to make Anji, like, cool or good or have him have this unique playstyle. It only results in him having something that is essentially lukewarm and milk toast compared to what other characters can do. But they want him to do the specific thing. And it just makes me kind of mad. So, as we kind of have said before, the game is kind of homogenized in which, like, high-low mix-ups have been toned down significantly where to the point where highs are probably reactable and then they usually lead into something else. In the case of like someone like Leo, he has a really good high, but it has startup, so you, I don't know, maybe you can stuff it. In the case of Anji, it is pun he can punish his overhead if you can react to it and block, or if you just stuff it out with a move. How, and there's other things that they did to it. So they, uh, 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 among the changes... Um, there is some that are like kind of interesting, and some of them that are kind of like, why'd they do that? Anji definitely needed that other thing. Um, so, the big one, I think, is that, well, first of all, I guess, uh, Nagiha now triggers the big counter cinematic, so that you get the maximum slowdown if you hit Nagiha. Um, Fujin has 8 frames less recovery, so now instead of being minus 16 as it has always been in every single iteration of Guilty Gear in which Fujin and Anji have existed, they've decided to make it minus 8. So now, technically, if you distance, if you space it properly, Fujin should be relatively safe. And, now, and then they did things like they increased the startup on Nagiha to sort of make it Harder, so it's let more like a. There's, I guess they're trying to make like this way where they, sorry, they increase the startup on Nagiha and they decrease the startup on Reen in order to kind of give you this gray area where the opponent may not know whether they're gonna, Anji's going to go for high or low. However, they also decided that Reen being able to ground bounce on hit is too good. And so, if you hit with Reen just like normally, you get a hard knock. I don't even know if it's a hard knockdown. It's a soft knockdown. Wait a minute, this is awful. Wait, wasn't that like the entire way that Anji did combos? Yeah, Reen was a decent starter. And now in order to capitalize off of Reen, you need to use meter. As opposed to before where if you just hit Reen, which is a really difficult move to hit because it's reactable. and It's also reactable and off of Eureka. Yeah, if you block it, Anji dies. If you see it coming and you stuff it, Anji dies. So, the only, so they decided, that, oh no, it was too good when he could ground bounce with it, and now so Reen can't do that anymore. You need to spend meter if you want to combo off his overhead. So, in a game, I guess like there's like a bunch of other changes, I guess, too, with along with that. Uh, Charged Fuji no longer launches. So, there are a bunch of combo routes that are kind of just closed off to Anji, because he can no longer get, like, um, what is it? Like, you would do fully charged, after, like, counter hit 5H, you would do, like, a Fujin, a fully charged Fujin. You would hit them, they'd get launched into the air, you use this little hop thing off of Fujin, and you do, like, your your string, probably, like, Ko loops or whatever it is. Oh, that's another thing. I think they made it so that the second hit of Ko uh, is worse or something. I think they reduced the damage on Ko. They they uh they realized that Anji wasn't a character where you would just do close slash and then like two hits and then super them into the wall and they're like, oh, that's a pretty different combo there, mate. The thing is, is that he needed those things because he wasn't good to begin with. <laughs> it's not like he had. It's not like oh, he was on a level playing field with everyone, and they just made him strictly worse. No, he was on a lower echelon than every other character, barring like one that I am unaware which one it is. And they decided that he needs to be even worse, is what I kind of see from this. Got him. It doesn't, it doesn't matter that, like, Fujin is now plus, minus eight, or his close slash is now plus two, finally has a plus two normal, or now, like, Sheen, each, each Shiki off of his Fujin, the fan needles, is now, like, plus eight as opposed to plus four. Those things don't matter if he still can't do, like... Now he's there was a, is he even like a high damage character anymore. No, he's not. His meterless damage is like he does. I don't at the most. If you get a wall break off of it, now he does fifty percent. Otherwise, he does less than that. So he has below average damage if you don't use meter. And also, they just decided that his and then they decided that like you know, 
Well, I should, well, how do I put this? They decided that his meterless damage was too good, so they decided to tone it down, even though he probably needed it, because that's, like, the only, like, forgiving thing about Anji is that he can get that. And then they just decided that, no, that's that's not okay. He can't do that anymore. Yeah, he played think, a little bit different than the rest of the characters. I think something about... I think they, there is something changed about his auto guard where... since his, Because of the changes where, like, I think punches and kicks now trigger slowdown on counter or punish. Um... Because they trigger slowdown on counter and punish, he gets more things off of his... He gets more things off of auto guard, but auto guard is still bad because there's like a, a massive amount of startup in which he's in a counter hit state, and also there's yeah, and like uh, they just grab him out recovery. of it if he yeah if he fucks up and does it, nothing so he can do about to, it. They're trying to turn him into this read based character where once he gets a read, then he can run his game. The thing Hot is, is take that his every game, character can make a read. <laughs> His game isn't good, is the thing. And I don't know what the heck they think they're trying to do with all of this. Let's try to, uh, because I'm trying to get to the point of which, they're ch- attempting to make Anji the, like, the Fujin mi- Hilo mix-up character in a game where Strike Throw is strictly better. It just, like, boggles my mind why they decided, like, he needs to have, he's going to have a good mix-up game, but he doesn't get a whole lot. He's like a low-damage mix-up. That's Hilo just like Kanji was in, in Blazari. It's, it's just not. like you know this lockdown, high damage guy yeah. makes you feel awkward if you press a button. Like they're trying Bike to retain. <laughs> Honestly, what I'm trying to see here is that they're trying to retain his playstyle in a game where his playstyle isn't good anymore. And the thing is, and then also they're trying to make it so, like, oh no, if he gets in, he can't have a whole lot of damage either, because otherwise it'd be too good. Or that's what I'm kind of getting from this. And it's just, like, so mind-boggling and kind of enraging that that's what they decided to do with Anji. And, of course, because I'm viewing this through the lens of Anji, I see, like, kind of, like, the things why... Uh, because I like Anji, and I like the way that Anji has played in previous games, I see why Guilty Gear Strive as a whole is not really a game for me. Because there is no... The, the, yeah, I mean, the, the fun thing like about play, a previous game just isn't there anymore. Yeah. It's it's less about like oh I want to have crazy mix-ups and people but like, well, you can't block like a plus two mid or something like that. The thing is, is I don't care. I don't care if I can't. Block I want a plus every two character mid. to make me eat shit if I fuck up. Yes, that's like the entire point of a fighting game. Eat shit if you fuck up. And they decide that like, and then they decide like okay, high low can't be good, but we're going to make a character that centers around high low. Like cool, cool, great, yeah. And the Very other thing nice. is that. Everything that they're trying to route everything that Anji does through Fujin, because it's like you know it's one of his two special moves that he has, and as opposed to having a more of a cavalcade of moves that he had in previous Guilty Gear games, and so because they're trying because what they do is they route everything that he can do out of Fujin, he becomes this character that's kind of very linear. Mm. Where if you see Fujin, you gotta do one of these like things, or you can't, <laughs> or nothing's going to happen. Like every, if, if you, someone sees Fujin coming, then then they just have to like hold it's like, down oh, until I will he sees kick something. or I will block, and it's fine. Yeah, and it it just it's just it enrages me to to ever a degree. And I just I just don't know why they keep doing this. It's it's like it's like a lot of the other characters in Strive. It's like they lost their teeth, you know. It's like essentially um, what it was. It's like the fun and interesting thing. It's like I feel like Milia is like I mean when I played, really one of the only characters that really felt like she had a somewhat reminiscent playstyle. But it's like even then, it's nothing on old Milia. It's like. It's like they just tried to remove 50-50s, they tried to remove all these, like... It, it, it's like... Guilty Gear's a game about the offense being whack, you know? Yeah. And it's just and not whack, whack in whack this offense. game. There is whack offense, but it's not high-low like you would think. It's like, some characters have like some inkling of left-right, but it's mostly strike. Yeah, I mean... And I remembering to early on, it was like Chip was considered to have devastating offense because he had a dive kick that was pretty good left right. I'm like, sheesh. And then <laughs> How's they this the exciting his... thing? And then they decided, yeah, that and then they got rid of it. Was too good, and then they made it worse. 
But that was that's they're just not allowed to make high low good or they're not allowed to make fifty fifties high lows or left rights good unless you're Milia and you knock someone down. Mm. Otherwise, you you're not allowed to you're not allowed to do it. And so a lot of bunch, a bunch of characters just don't play differently and don't have much of an identity anymore. And that goes against what they were trying to do with Guilty Gear's Drive. In which they were they literally in one of their uh what's it called? Uh the, the developer's backyard. They said that they wanted to strip down the characters to the base essentials so that their identity is maintained, but like cutting out all of like the fat, I guess, the fluff and the fat. But it kind of just resulted in a game where everything's just very kind of homogenous and I'm just Yeah, they cut too deep, they cut the meat too, it's just bones. Yeah, they cut well yeah. There is meat there, but it's it's too lean, I guess. There's not enough flavor. There's no fat to flavor this meat. It's just too lean. Is I guess the analogy I'm going with. Yeah, it's like it's it's just there's, there's so there's no stupid shit left. I want to <laughs> like I had a great time in Exard playing Bedman, floating around doing shenanigans, teleporting, tick throws, garbage like that. It's just like it, it it's. That was fun, you know? And I guess, kind of segueing into what we talked about last week, but there's been some more information on it, and it could be, like, the, you know, the honeymoon phase, seeing this new fighting game now, and, like, oh, so interesting. But I I want to, I have a feeling it's taking a step in the right direction. Because, like, Street Fighter Six, a lot of information came out about it, and it's kind of, like, in a way, it's an antithesis to what Guilty Gear Strive was trying to do. In Guilty Gear Strive, they decided, like, oh, wall is, like, being in the corner is too difficult for players, and so they made the wall break to sort of remedy, like, you don't get the corner anymore. You don't get to just run pressure forever against a character who gets cornered, but you do get tension. Like, huh? Um, But I remember, I see, like, the way that um, Street Fighter VI works, and literally one of the things that, like, the developers have said is, like, yeah, corner is really, really good in this game. Like, corner is devastating. And I'm like, that's, I like it when people sort of admit, but it's a good thing that like this thing is devastating. Mm. So it's like, okay, yeah, so don't get cornered. As long as they give you the tools to get out of the corner, then you're good. Yeah, because I mean, I remember a lot of the critique of Street Fighter V was it felt like every single game was a comeback game. And there was like so little snowballing in general. So maybe they wanted to address that. Where like, if you get cornered, you're, you're relatively fucked, you know? The way that I see it in Street Fighter Six, I guess we're talking about Street Fighter Six now. I'm really, I'm really kind of excited. I might, I remember like last week, I was like, I don't know about this game. I might not get it day one. I'm slowly inching towards uh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I'll give them this. It's the most excited I've really ever been about a Street Fighter game. Like straight. Yeah. Honestly, I'm, I, I mean, like, of course, like over time, it, my hype has died down for Street Fighter Five. I didn't play the game. I haven't played the game in like years. But, like, after Street Fighter Six is announced and seeing a bunch of stuff about Street Fighter Six, I was kind of captivated by a lot of the stuff that was there. Yeah, I mean, in at the very game, least, I think it looks and sounds great. And that's often yeah. enough for me. I'm pretty shallow. <laughs> yeah. Such a shallow man. Yes, that's it. <laughs> but, yeah, in... In in Street Fighter Six, the thing is, is that like what the the general feeling I get from it is, um, the reason why you start losing is it's because it's your fault and nothing is going to kind of hold your hand. You have to get out of the situation yourself, or and things like that. Like if you with the the drive system that they have, if you overextend yourself, if you're overly defensive, you lose drive and you eventually get emptied out, and then you enter that what they call like a burnout state or something like that. So if you lose all your if you lose you, all of your drive gauge because like you were overly defensive or maybe you were overly offensive, you get punished for it because you decided to do those things and now you are you know facing the consequences mm-hmm. of your actions, as opposed to own as opposed to guilty gear strive. Oh no, you got co- you got cornered into a wall. Well, don't worry, the wall will break and it will be reset to neutral. Yeah, and I mean there's, there's three there's, round there's, starts every round. Yeah, and it's it's just such a, it's like it's very much like the opposite of what Strive is, and I don't know. This is I'm quite interested in Street Fighter Six now. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of Street Fighter Five is simplifying what Four has, so maybe they were more or less going through the same thing like a generation earlier. I guess like the main thing that's very interesting about this one is that there's a lot more 
options just available to every character that are like universal options, I guess you would call them. Because in, yeah, I haven't, in the case I haven't of, looked too deeply into the mechanics, honestly. It's 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 very interesting. I I suggest like looking into them because like looking into them and seeing them, I'm very very interested, and it's it's very captivating to see all of these like interesting things that you can do with this new meter mechanic that they have. Also, it kind of got me wondering like how did how did fighting games get like synonymous with resource management game? How did how did that <laughs> I don't know. Ever since where... someone slapped on a meter and went, that's a nice meter. Yeah, for some reason, meter. I don't understand why like a meter mechanic has become like something that a fighting game has to have. And, because I mean, it's we're, cool, we're, man. It's super we're not ones to talk. We have a meter mechanic too, and I I want to say ours is pretty interesting. But like, it's like, but even then, like we were, it was like it was kind of like a no brainer. Like, yeah, there needs to be a meter mechanic. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was basically the the <laughs> first step. Was like, all right, HP meter, we did it, boss. Like. What the heck? How did that even... I don't even understand how that happened. How did we get to a point where every single fighting game needs to have it's just, meter it's just a of staple some kind? of the genre, man. How and why? It's so it's such an interesting thing to think about. Of course, there are like games like like Tekken and like Virtua Fighter and various other fighting games don't have any meter at all. Tekken doesn't have a meter. I've actually never not. played Tekken. Unless you're playing like Akuma in Tekken from from KOF, you know Eric, right? You know you know Akuma from KOF. Oh, hey Hachi. Yeah. That guy. Kazuya Mishima from Smash. All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> he has a Akuma in Tekken has like a meter mechanic. because, uh, you know, he's like essentially like a Street Fighter for yeah, he got put in here. He didn't Tekken. forget the ways of the meter. Yeah, he still has like an EX meter and he has like super combos and such. Um but like for the most part, the only thing that you get is like once you hit a certain health threshold, you get rage, and rage can be used once. He's angry. Um, to do like either your rage art, which is like your cinematic super, or like a rage drive, which is usually just like a crazy good move that you get to do once per round, if you get to that look. And so I wouldn't really consider that a meter mechanic, considering it's like a there's no management of it. It's literally like when will yeah, you just use, use it, it if you can use it. Yeah, I mean I guess it does say something for how prevalent it is, because I just assumed it was in Tekken. I literally had no idea. Yeah. No. Tekken is does not have any sort of meter thing unless you pick like a very specific character, like Akuma. But it's just that is a very odd thing. But like even with that, like the way that like the drive mechanic kind of works is that there's a lot more, there's a lot more options and there's a lot more like I guess robustness and freedom to it than there is with pre previous like new gauge mechanics in previous Street Fighter games. Um, there's always like a super like a super combo meter kind of thing in every Street Fighter game since well since three. But because in, in in two, I would argue that like the super combo meter in there was literally like wait for it to build up, and once you have it, you can do a super, as opposed to the sort of management there is in three and alpha and and four and five to a certain extent. There's like you use it to either do your for in the case of yeah, like, five, it becomes really interesting when there's a choice of what you use your meter on. And again, yeah. that was one thing that I thought uh that I thought Exard was really good at was yeah. how many different things used up the meter. It was just like barrier, you had that, like, block... Was it Assault Drive or something? Blitz Shield. Blitz Shield. Yeah. Um, you had your Supers, of course, all your Romans. Um, there's one other thing I think that used or interacted with the meter, but it's just like... It's just like that was the whole game, you know? Yeah, and it's simple, and that was why I thought Exard is a really interesting game, was because you have all these options that are tied to one meter. Now, it's up to you to use them, and will it result in your downfall, or will it get you to win the round? Mm. And that's so it's definitely something I feel with, like, Street Fighter VI's meter currently, versus other, like, five even. Because in five, I mean, up until the end, I didn't really play, I wasn't playing when they introduced the new thing. But for the longest time, what it was was it was like a meter, and it fills up whenever you take damage, and it also fills up if you use your V skill properly. So essentially, what it is is that instead of having a bunch of universal mechanics, each person had a very specific, each character had a very specific thing that they could do called a V skill, and that was like their way of building the V meter. 
but it ended up kind of not mattering at all because you just get to low health and now you have the meter and it doesn't really matter that you used your V skill. And so that was kind of like your only option was mm. use it, use your V skill to gain V me- to gain the meter on this V the V trigger meter. And there's like a couple things you can do with it. There's the V reversal, which is like your guard cancel, and then there's like your V trigger. And I think those were the only things you could do for the longest time. Was you either use one bar for a V reversal, which is your guard cancel, or you use the entire thing to activate your V trigger. And those were kind of the only things. So in the, in, for the most part, it was quite a linear kind of meter mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of got a bit more interesting when they introduced V-Shift closer to the end of the lifespan of the game, in which you spend one bar in order to do like a shift sway backwards. And if someone oh, hits into cool. it, it triggers... If someone hits into it, it triggers... Like a slowdown effect. So it's like V counter, I guess. It's called V shift. Ah. Um. Yeah. So you do like a sway back, and if they hit into it, you like it enters like a slowdown, and then you're allowed to do a follow up attack if it hits. And if it's successful, you get half of the meter you spent back. Ah. So so, so you're saying everyone can be as cool as Slayer. Kind of. But the thing is that when you do it with Slayer, it's much faster, and then you're like, wait, what happened? And then you pile bunker them seven times. Yeah, which is, in its in, in and of itself, that is an also really cool experience for someone to have, where they're like, wait, what? And then they just get hit by something. In this case, you see, like, oh, shit, I got hit by the V-shift, mm-hmm. and now I'm going to probably eat something. Which is, it's, it's interesting. But, like, it took, it took, like, four years for yeah. that mechanic to be introduced into the game. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, probably more. I'm only Street Fighter game I played a good amount of was you know Third Strike, and that was like the meters for supers. Then you pick one. <laughs> yeah, that is in Street Fighter Three. The meter was not interesting, but it was it was it yeah. was it's like you do you use it for supers or do you use it for ex moves? And just like seeing how it works in Street Fighter Six is immediately yeah, it looks more cool. interesting. I mean, I saw there's like parry stuff that looked cool. Yeah. So like, there's a parry stance where if you're just in the stance, you just automatically parry everything that gets thrown at you. But there is recovery, and it's not it's not throw invincible either. So that's like the caveat to using this thing. You're essentially impervious until you get thrown or you want to stop parrying something. Hmm. Um, yeah, but there's also like if you time it well, I think they said it's a three frame window, so a lot shorter than third strike to get, like, a perfect parry, in which that be, that is kind of more akin to an actual third strike parry, where it slows the opponent down and you recover quicker than them, and then you can probably punish them or something. <clears throat> That's one way to do it. And also, with if you parry stuff using the drive, I don't know what it's called, drive parry, I'm assuming, you actually gain, you actually regain drive gauge. It, uh, if you're in the parry stance, it drains your drive gauge, but every single time you parry a move you get some of your drive gauge back. So, so is, you can use it a lot if you're good at using it. You can. If you're good, if you, like, that's a way to, like, get it back. Is like, that's the cool thing, is that, like, it comes back over time very slowly, but if you want to get more back to do more cool stuff with, parry some stuff. Like, show that you're reading them, like, blocking all of their attacks. <laughs> <laughs> be the cool guy you always knew you could be. Yeah, and there's, like, things like, um... If you guard against moves, your drive goes down. I think if you get damaged to some, I think if you get hit by stuff, it also goes down. Oh, somewhere. so then the parry is also there to like mitigate how much you're blocking, so you can kind of retain your drive gauge. Yeah, I think it's frame one too. I mean, blocking I is also press- frame one. It is. So yeah, it's it is definitely like a a decision or a read. Excuse me. Or you have to, like, know they're not going to throw you. You kind of have you know, to know You know, actually, that is coming. pretty interesting, too, because that's kind of, like, a fun alternative to, like, meter block. Is yeah. The, is the the not... The, the easier-to-use parry. Yeah, you're impervious, but there are some caveats to it. Um, then with that, there's also, like, the, the drive rush, which I think is just, like, a dash forward. Um... I don't. I don't remember what it is, but it's like a. It's like something that sort of like puts you on the offensive. You dash forward and you do something. There's the drive impact, which is like a Street Fighter Four focus attack, but it costs something. It has three hits of armor, and if they hit into it, it does a bigger. You get like a bigger hit off of it to do more stuff huh. afterwards. Um, I don't remember how much that costs. 
Um, drive rush, drive. It's still only one meter, right? It is still just one meter. It's like a six second. Well, there's also bar. the drive meter, I guess. There's the drive meter and your meter meter. Yeah, there's drive gauge, and I think the other one is like your super meter. Um, so they're they're separate. If anything, I if I was to design this game, I would make it all just revolve around one meter. It's all the same bar. Just to see how chaotic things could get. But um, and I think there's like one more thing that I'm missing. Drive gate, drive gauge, drive parry, drive rush, drive impact. It feels like there's one more thing that I don't exactly. Oh, EX moves. EX moves are also bound to the drive gauge, not your super meter. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, so then you can be wildly offensive with them, but then uh, you might eat shit. Yes. And there's like there's also like another thing where technically the drive impacts are like they do like a guard break if you try to block it. So I think if it hits at all and the opponent doesn't, everyone oh, gets a Fafnir. Essentially, because if you don't parry it, then you just get blown back. And if you're in the corner, even if you block the drive impact, you get wall splat. <laughs> oh yeah, full guard break combo on block feels good. Man. Yeah, so that's a very interesting thing where like that's very not Street Fighter. It's very not. It's very interesting though, because it's 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 the opposite of Street of Guilty Gear Strive, as I was saying, where they tried to tone down the wall. But what if you made it so that the wall is bananas, but they <laughs> deserve it? But if they get into the wall, they deserve it. Is kind of what I'm getting at here. Yeah. Is that, and that's so much more interesting. I don't like this whole like no things can't nothing in a game where they tone down everything so that everything is equally good or bad, then you have a boring game. Because <laughs> there's no sense of dread when you're in a situation. Like, oh no, they're gonna break the wall and I'm gonna, what, I'm gonna take damage. Oh no. As opposed to, like, oh crap, I am stuck in this corner and they're bouncing me off. <laughs> they're making me <laughs> die. Which is immediately more interesting. And the thing is, is that, like, it could also blow up in your face. If you go too offensive and you use all your meter, just yeah, and then they parry the your hit, and it's like, well, fuck, man. And now, now you don't have meter anymore, and now you're gonna eat it. It's so good. <laughs> it's pretty cool, yeah. But you know, we haven't played the game yet. People apparently have been like going to Summer Game Fest and playing demos of it. I'm jealous because we're not there right now. But you know, you already know you're Kurt gonna be a Jamie main. Jamie is really cool. I saw a lot of stuff about Jamie, and he is also Hong Kong represent. Well, this podcast isn't going to be valid in China anymore. But who cares? <laughs> um, yeah. I think Jay currently, I really like the way that Jamie looks. And the way that it seems that Chun-Li is work working out, I might want to actually try to play Chun-Li. Mm -hmm. However, there are some gripes that I have with with Street Fighter 6 currently and I'm not I'm not a fan of why this is but they decided for I guess it has also something to do with like legacy but when the, uh for some of the moves when they're dub the English dub for sounds pretty good it sounds better than it, I think in my opinion it sounds better than it has in Yeah any I mean I heard Street some Fighter of the games. voice lines and stuff I had no problem with that Yeah however <laughs> and I knew this was going to be a problem was that they're changing, like, long-standing moves. They're changing the names that they have in the English localization of these games. Because when she does her... When, when Chun-Li does the Hyakuretsukyak, you know, her lightning legs... Yeah. The voice actor... Chun-Li, or the voice actor, both, for Kano Los Dos... That she says lightning kicks. Lightning kicks. <laughs> she she does it and she says lightning kicks and I'm like lightning oh no there's just, it's missing it's missing the impact now. It's no uh, uh, she calls it lightning kicks. It's too close to the actual like colloquial name that people have like been calling it. Cause like everyone calls lightning everyone calls Yakuretskyak lightning legs, but that's <laughs> more like a colloquial like informal term. But if you're gonna go into it, you're gonna say Yakuretskyak. Like, Hyakuretsukyak is... She's been saying Hyakuretsukyak since way for she's had a voice. Years, man. Yeah. So why would you change something like that? Same thing with, like, Tensho Kicks. With Tensho Kicks, they, or Tensho... It's originally called Tensho Kyaku, but they decided to call it Tensho Kicks now. And I don't... Like, I'm like, why? 
but but these moves have existed and they've been called something else. Why would you change it just so that people can understand <laughs> the it? The poor like, sad English speaking audience cannot comprehend problem, other languages. I I would agree, I would say that the Tensho kicks naming is worse than the lightning kicks. Like yeah, they didn't even choose the language. Like renaming Shakuretsukyak to lightning kicks, totally fine. You get you understand what it means. Ten show kicks tells you nothing if you don't know Japanese. All I know is it's a kick, man. It's it's a kick and it's got ten show, you know? Yeah, there's it's a, uh, it's, ten and it, it shows you what for. There's ten kicks, it shows you what for. There's so much ten show in these kicks, dude. My like, god, the, the ten show. The amount of ten show in this is so it's immaculate. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty creepy, right? Um, I just, I don't, I don't, like, then that one just doesn't make any sense at all. Like, why would you, like, half-ass it? And then in that case, why not just call it Tensho Kyaku? If you were going to call it Tensho Kicks, call it Tensho Kyaku. Or if you're going to go for an English, fully English-like pronunciation, go for, like, I don't know, Heaven Rising Kicks or Heaven Kicks. Heaven you could just kicks. call them Heaven Kicks. There you go. Heaven, heaven Rising Kicks, kicks Heaven Rending Kicks. Usually, like, I don't actually don't know which kanji they use for the show in that. I'm assuming it's either rising or rending, because those are the two that that move would kind of invoke. It's like <laughs> big up kick, rending, big up. But I, it's either heaven rising because she rises into the air, or they're heaven rending because she's kicking so powerfully that, that she literally rends, cuts the know, sky the in half. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be like those are cool, like heaven rending kicks. Like you could literally just call it the heaven kick, and I would have been fine with it. But this half ass well, like ten show kick. Tensho kick, lightning yeah. kick, spinning bird kick was always spinning bird kick, though, so that one's fine. And I guess that's kind of is like confusing as to why Chun-Li has moves that are partially in Japanese and some of them are in English in the first place. But, like, choose one, then. Don't just try to, like, do the put my finger in multiple pies kind of thing. I don't even know how you do that, because if your finger is in one pie, how do you put that same finger in another pie? With vigor. But, you stack all the pies on top of each mm. other and you just drill through them with your finger. Yeah, that's the ten show poke. But and then like Kikoken is completely unchanged. She still says Kikoken. <laughs> she says it's Kikoken. Weird because that's she's... like in my mind less iconic. Yeah. Like she says Kikoken still. She says Is there just Kikoshu. like a syllable limit of it's like you're allowed three Japanese syllables? I don't know. I don't know what, what, what's happening here, because, like, Kiko, like I, I honestly don't know. And now I'm dreading that because Ken is American, we're going to get, like, the return of the lines that he had in Street Fighter, the movie, the game. <laughs> Where, because Ken is American and doesn't know that Japanese weeb trash... That he says all his names in English now. Because in that game, he called it, like, Fireball. Or, yeah, it's just a Fireball, man. And when he does a Shoryuken, he just screams Dragon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he learned it from his friend Ryu, and then he immediately translated it because he couldn't stand the thought of Japanese God. name. Because that's what I'm dreading. Because, like, Ruben Langdon, Ruben Langdon, who I'm assuming is still going to voice Ken, if they get anyone else, I'm going to be mad. Because Ruben Langdon has kind of made his identity. I play all the red characters that Capcom has. Um, Ken's not red anymore. He, he's got some, and he will always be associated with the color red forever. But if they have Ruben Langdon, who might I add is fluent in Japanese, and they have him saying Dragon Fist and Hurricane Kick and Fireball. <laughs> no, just say Dragon. <laughs> I just, I don't want him to do that, because like, the other thing is that he's supposed to know the moves and he learned from no, Gokens. See, it'll so be called Hadoken Fireball. Fireball. Hurricane kick. Hurricane. Dragon. <laughs> 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 Hurricane. Dragon. Yeah, I'll say it in those exact tones. I mean, the other thing is that that Street Fighter the movie, the game was kind of a shit show. But it was like a, it was like a Kuso game that was kind of fun. Because uh, I guess if I want to go into old Street Fighter games, the Street Fighter, the game, the movie, all the people who were in the movie um, provided mocap and voices for the characters mm. they played in the movie for the game. So surely it was a great product. Yeah, think of it as like Mortal Kombat, like old Mortal Kombat back when they still used digitized yeah, what is, actors. 
Yeah. Except it's Street Fighter and it's bad and it's hilarious at the same time. <laughs> and also, uh, I think when uh, there's like another version of the game that was like a basically just like Super Turbo, but with mocap with mm-hmm. like, but with digitized actor sprites, which was it's like okay, it's it's less boring because there's less there's less jank because the jank I think is what made Street Fighter the movie the game actually funny. <laughs> that was good. the spice. But there's like a bunch of things out the original version of Street Fighter the movie the game. Where uh, you put a coin in the cred, the sound that to signify that you put a credit into the machine was. <gasps> oh wow! <laughs> and every time you the put machine credit, really enjoyed that, huh? <laughs> every time you put the credit into the machine, it just goes. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> That's uh. Well. Yeah. Uh, another thing, another fun fact about Street Fighter the movie, the game, is that um, the person who played T-Hawk in the Street Fighter movie, when it came time for them to do the, digiti- the digitization actor thing for the game, um, his trailer was completely empty and he had just disappeared. Oh, is T-Hawk in it? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, bye. He disappears. The T Hawk can't be in it. <laughs> Damn. He felt like I have, I have pride. I'm gonna do more than do whatever the heck this like shit show is. <laughs> so good on the guy who played T Hawk in the Street Fighter movie, but Jean Claude Van Damme was still guile in there. Mm. There's a, there's like a bunch of stuff in that game. Every time you end, end, put in a quarter, it goes huh. And also, if you win with the super, the opponent's life bar explodes. Well, th- well, that should be a feature in every <laughs> fighting game, actually. <laughs> And then also because like the actors, because like also because they were um, required to provide voices as well for people like Ryu who had to say the names of their moves in Japanese. I don't believe the person who played Ryu was, <laughs> was having a bad time of it. I remember him saying like Shoruken <laughs> or Shoruken and Haruken and Tatsumaki Senpuku Yakiyaku. <laughs> and he was giving it his all. Okay. Uh. And then, oh my god. Hado I mean, Ken. Hado Ken. And then you have, you know, Ken like going, huh, whenever he does a fireball or dragon or hurricane. Yeah, Ken had an easier job. <laughs> yeah, because he's American. He does, he's not supposed to know Japanese. Well, obviously. Yeah. Even though he trained in with the person. You know, in, with Ryu. Yeah, with Ryu. But hey, actually, maybe if we think about it, maybe Ryu in the in the movie universe doesn't know Japanese that well, and so Ken doesn't know it either. Mm. In that, in that, yeah, world, I'm sure Ryu, Ryu Mister Japan Dojo, studied the fist, knows nothing of Japan. No, he was too busy studying the fist. Yeah, he never to learned under, language. To study the language. Yeah, yeah he just never how learned how to speak. Yes, that's definitely how it is. It's totally got to be it. Man, this went like a ways away from what I thought my topic would be. Uh, well, we I, did talk about Street was. Fighter and uh, Strive, so I mean, I guess it's, it's kind of like it's kind of related since like Strive is one year old and Street Fighter Six is the new kid on the block being all. Or I guess that it's like more like a comeback. They're more like the comeback kid because they they've been away for a while and now they're coming out mm. full swinging. And they're about to deck some Guilty Gear Strive in its face. Um, at least that's how it kind of feels for me right now. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. Strive uh, is still doing very well. It is. But then it's again, every Street me. Fighter game does very well too. So it does. But it's then it's then it's no longer about like oh look at the numbers. It's got to be a good game. It's less about that now because I I fully admit that you know they're all good games. Street Fighter is a good game. Guilty Gear Strive, despite my grievances with it, is indeed a good game. I did have fun with it while I was learning, but then I'm like, I hit a plateau, and now I'm not having fun anymore. Because the game itself isn't fun to me. And so, like, I have no doubt that these games are going to do well. It's simply like a... It's a question of, will I enjoy it? Yeah. And I think that's... In the long run, that is much better than, like, everyone else is playing it, I might as well play it too. Oh, yeah, I I mean, I've never... I've always kind of been on the on board of can I find at least one other person who plays this game? All right, that's enough for me. Yeah, and currently, characters looking pretty spicy. Jamie is interesting because he gets more moves the more he drinks, and then there's like a point at which his little oh, is he a drinker character? 
Huh? He drink? I yeah, didn't know drinks. that. That's funny. He does drink. He has a bunch of his like special moves, and he literally has a move that is dedicated to just boozing himself up. Excellent. And the more the more booze he downs, I think he enter if he hits like four drinks, he enters a state in which his little Manchu cue like un- like just explodes, <laughs> and now his hair, hair is really long. Yeah, and his face gets red because you know he's Asian. He's got the Asian glow. He's gotta. He's Hong Kong. <laughs> and. And it's just, it's so That's fun. That's pretty cool, to, I had no idea. Yeah, and it, like he becomes like a crazy character when he has four drinks. And it's it also, like I think of it as it kind of playing into the current mentality that I have with Street Fighter Six, where you let Jamie drink that much, now you need to, like, you know, face the consequences of letting him get this drunk. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's, 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 it's a very interesting thing. Currently, very, very excited for Jamie. Uh, I don't care about Luke at all. Still, I yeah. I mean, of the four that are like in, in the demo, I think Ryu is honestly my favorite. Ryu doesn't look bad either. Yeah, I like honestly. him. He looks good with a beard. Yeah, but currently I'm gravitating towards the the, the Jamie and Chun Li. They're they're just the ones that I can't believe a Street Fighter Six might get me to actually try to play Chun Li. <laughs> Mission Impossible. <laughs> get Ryan to play Chun. Oh yeah, Wait, Eric, have you seen anything on Street Fighter Six, or have you like the most gone I've, down any sort of most I've seen is just the trailer? I literally don't know anything. That trailer about. that we watched last yes. week. Yes, as extent of my knowledge, once again, I don't That's know true. anything about Street Fighter Six. Well, I guess the other thing I guess is you know we've been talking about it a bit. What do you think about the things that we have said? It's just I don't know. It's just I just feel like it's not the kind of game to interest me. I think I said at the same. I think I said that at the end of the last episode too, where the the world, the world of Street Fighter, just doesn't interest interest me. Uh, because is, everyone's normal. Yeah, everyone's You're not interested normal. in Ryu from Streets. <laughs> All these normal people, normal looking people. They're anything but normal. They shoot fireballs from their hands. Yeah, I did that last Sunday, buddy. Yeah, exactly. uh, I guess yeah. Eric, Eric must have the power to shoot fire from his hands. I'm more interested in the fantastical, insane stuff you would never see in something like Street Fighter. I mean, yeah, I get that too. Who knows? It might be good. You know, you might you might want to try it out if it's like on sale or something like that. I don't. I'm, we're not gonna like. Oh yeah, I mean, honestly, the you. biggest factor of what will make me try it is if the netcode isn't dog shit. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's definitely another big factor. That'll be the thing. That'll be the tipping point. If it's like okay, the netcode is like good, then like yeah, that that game is gonna that game's gonna go. Oh yeah, I, I pretty much only play video games online, so it's like. That that's most of what matters. It's like the entire reason I'm not like primarily playing, you know, uh, uni. Yeah. Otherwise, you like I can I would have played more Undernight if the if the online wasn't total crap. But I guess that's a good place to end off. We did talk about a lot. So. You can watch and listen to us live every Saturday, eventually, maybe, at twitch.tv Games, starting at around 3 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time, but if you can't make it, no worries. New episodes go up Mondays at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on all your favorite podcasting platforms, as well as on YouTube at youtube.com slash breaktimepodcast. Follow us on Twitter at ChatterpointGS if you want. Uh, we mentioned it a couple times, but we are, like, uh, fighting game devs. And, you know, that's why we talk about fighting games, because that's, like, we like talking about fighting game design, stuff like that. But anyway, join us next week when we talk about whatever Jake wants to talk about because he's finally gonna hope. Yeah, because it's been a, it's been like a, a hot minute because I you know I hijacked this episode <laughs> and it's, it's you know it's kind of been a while. So yeah, yeah. We talk about Eminem for a full up. episode. That might be fun. That was like a little fun thing that we did. <laughs> but until then, break time over.